Welcome to For the Love of Safety, the show for you health and safety professionals out there, where hosts Justin and Jed talk about their experiences in this fun, frustrating, and rewarding field of occupational health and safety. Let's get to it. Welcome back to For the Love of Safety. Today's episode will take you on a bit of journey of sorts. The term risk is so thrown around our circles in health and safety, and it always seems to be a hot-button issue concerning injuries, because when we talk about actualized risk and injuries, we are talking about somebody getting hurt on the job. However, Justin and I would like to share something concerning risk and injury that is simply this. Injury consequence is not the sole way to look at risk concerning injuries. We think there is a deeper way to investigate risk when it comes down to potential and injuries. What do you think about that, Justin? I think you are hitting the nail on the head there, too. Um, I do think we need to to let everyone know, though, what we mean by risk. Not that we don't think anyone knows what it means, but we want to make sure that folks understand the context that we're going to build this discussion around. So you have a really good definition of risk, if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing that. Sure. For me, I'm a simple man. So risk is simply some consequence (laughs) times some probability. We have some kind of severity measure times some likelihood that an event is going to happen. The product of those two things is risk. No matter which way you cut it, no matter which way you look at it, that is a fundamental, easy definition of what risk is. Yes, especially when it comes to to injuries, because the way that most people, kind of the benchmark that that we have is, is this recordable injury rate where you're trying to equate risk with the the injuries. Um, and, and like Jed said, we kind of we think we have a little bit better way of doing that because it's it's it, not only is it a lagging indicator, but you're also you're not measuring the risk of the event. You're measuring the consequences that occurred to an individual. And that's very that puts you in a little a little different spot because the consequences to the individual are highly dependent on not only the way that they're treated, but any underlying conditions that they have, um, any any maybe the way that uh, that they respond to certain treatments also. So one treatment might work with somebody, might not work with someone else. Um, you know, kind of think of think of stitches versus a band aid versus butterfly versus you know, you know maybe you need stitches because maybe you're on a blood thinner. But all of those variables that are there, the incident that occurred that caused that has remained constant. And so to take the variable end of that and try to compare it, it's difficult. Now we know, and we would be, um, I think we need to acknowledge that, you know, we do the best that we can when it comes to this stuff. And we're not, we're not trying to say that it's, it's a, it's not a warranted measurement. You know, Jed, you were, you were, we were discussing this, this earlier and you kind of said, you know, that we had to do something, something had to be out there and that's fine. That's great. We just, we want to show, um, kind of our experience and and what we've found that's kind of helped us navigate that sticky little point of, you know, trying to use an administrative measure that's instituted in a in a regulation to determine whether or not your workplace is safe. Is that a fair statement, Jed? That's a very fair statement because what you have when we're looking to matters of recordability, when we're talking strictly injuries, is you have folks who will look, as you just said, they'll look at the variable end of that. They'll look at the end that says 
here is this incident that occurred, here is the treatment that occurred on XYZ doctor. Well, you could have any measure of medical treatment to get that employee back into the workplace, and it can actually be the same treatment protocol for a very similar injury across 10, 100, 1,000 different employees, and the outcome of those things are going to be different. They are going to be fundamentally different because we are all in, we are all different as individuals. Now, as far as bell curves and, and, and things like that go, yes, the administration of a particular treatment should get people back in a roundabout way mm-hmm. to the same place. But we know in practice that doesn't work. So when we look then at our workplaces and we say, well, this is more risky or not based off of that TRIR report or LTIR or whatever metric you have, you are missing fundamental objectivity when it comes to looking into your workplace and identifying the exposures there that have the biggest determining factor on making the best improvements in health and safety in the workplace. Yes. And I, I'm going to get really excited about this. Just, I, I went to a conference. I went to the, the ACG, a, AIHCE, sorry, the American Industrial Hygiene Association's Conference and Expo back in 2012. <clears throat> and I got to hear Don Gruber talk about this, uh, this idea of potential. And it was one of those, those presentations where when you sit there, it's like the light turns on, you know, everything dims around and the person's talking, you're like, holy crap, I understand. And I had that experience when I, when I went through this, where he, he basically said that, um, you know, the, the pyramid, the bases, the base was shrinking, the recordable injuries, you know, were going down, but the fatalities weren't really changing. And so we're missing something. And his idea was that we had this, this underlying current of potential where um, we're just, we're not identifying the right, the right risks that are there. And he recommended kind of going back through all your data, looking at these things and saying, okay, you know, did this injury have the potential to be something more? Did this incident have the potential to be something more and kind of rank them high and low? And if you do that and separate them out and attack the high incidents, you will have um, the effect of getting rid of whatever, that top item is, I think he was talking about a fatality. Um, but I took yes. that concept and actually stepped it down a little bit lower than that because, you know, where we were, we weren't really talking about fatalities. We were talking about lost time injury. So that was the top of our pyramid for us. Luckily, we were, I think we were very fortunate to, to be, to be in, be in that place. Um, and the, when, when I, when I went back and I sat down and I went through all these injuries over five years, the thing that I saw um, was that two measures just, they didn't, they didn't work the way that I thought that they would, where you just had high and low because some of the, some of the highs weren't as, as high as others, you know, like you had just mentioned, you know, you can't, can't do a fatality to a recordable injury. You know, you can't, you can't, I needed it broken down a little bit more than that, you know, and maybe some of the lows really weren't low. They were a little bit higher. And so we needed these categories. Um, and I remember my manager at the time, I was, I was racking my brain with this and just saying, you know, I don't know what to do. Um, I want to institute this. I know it's the right thing to do, but it's not working for, for our place. It's just not working. And so he got me together with, um, and one of these, uh, one of the brightest engineers that, um, that was there. And unfortunately his name escapes me. Otherwise I give him total credit, but, uh, um, with him. And then he said, you know, you really should talk to quality too, because they have this measure of escapes out into, of defects that get into the product stream. 
He says, it sounds a lot like what you're talking about here. So I had my meeting with these two guys and sitting down, coming out of it, we de- you know, developed this concept that of, of kind of like a multiplier that you would give based on the, the risk, like what could this incident possibly cause? Could it cause a lost time injury? Could it cause a, uh, a recordable injury? Would it just cause maybe a first aid injury? And you would assign those a number and obviously the more severe got the higher. So I think lost time was like 50 at that, at that point. And then um, a recordable injury, I think was three, was one or three. Um, I probably should have taken out my cheat sheet, but I don't have it here with me. <laughs> um, the, uh, <clears throat> but the, this, this, this cool multiplier started to form and I, we needed something to call it. So I just said, you know what, let's just call it the worst case incident potential WCIP there, we're done. And, you know, let's, let's go back through all this data and apply this, this multiplier to all these injuries. We went back, I think we went back about three years and uh, and looked at everything that happened, and we looked at anything um, from a first aid up to a lost time, and a complete kind of side conversation here. This is a perfect plug for record every piece of data you possibly can. If somebody has a first aid injury, I highly recommend you write it down, and I highly recommend you put down there what you know all the things that cause it because it's good data point. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so coming, coming back to that. So we looked at all of these up and down. And what we saw is if you take the sheer number of incidents that occurred, and again, I know we are talking about a lagging indicator, but we're, we're looking at, at just rates in general right now. So um, if stacking all of them up, you had the top three were slip trips and falls, struck by and against an object, and I believe electrical safety was, was it at the time. And those were kind of things where... Um, it, they, they weren't shocks or anything like that. It was just uh, they violated some sort of electrical um, electrical work, like plugged in a, a extension cord in the rain or something like that. So we, we, we those were the top three. And if you look at just the sheer numbers, slip trips and falls was like the number one thing that was there. When you took the WCIP, though, and looked at that, and, and you looked between that and the struck by and against, they reversed themselves. Because a lot of the slip trips and falls, even though they caused recordable injuries, they caused recordable injuries not because of the slip and fall, but because the way the person was treated or some underlying medical condition that caused the treatment to, to be longer than it was. We had a few people that felt that they, um, you know, maybe they banged up their knee a little bit much and they wanted to have physical therapy. Well, you know, there you go. Um, you know, maybe the doctor said, why don't you take a day off, stretch your knee out a little bit and come back. Well, now it's a lost time injury. So when you take the potential of what could this have actually, what, what could have this had caused if you take away a lot of the treatment, those went down and the, the struck by and against went way up because we got lucky a bunch of times. There were some people that got struck by something, you know, and maybe they, uh, they had moved slightly and it hit their shoulder instead of striking their head. Well, holy crap, if it struck your head, maybe it would have killed you. So I remember looking at that data and the way that we used it was we used it to attack those hazards and and, and really try to, to drive down that portion and hopefully decrease that number of injuries at the top of our pyramid. So Jed, do you, do you remember any, I think you were there for a lot of that. 
for a lot of the uh, the analysis at the end. I was there for a lot of the analysis, especially when it came to the practical side of applying this. And the the best part of applying something like potential or worst case incident potential where we were together there for some time is the light bulb moments that then the functional leaders have. You are now starting to inculcate a deeper, more profound way of looking into the incidents that occur and the the potential things that are in the workplace so that we are taking much more of a relational view in the workplace. The fact that we make decisions and actions and those are related to other things. Those are related to other people, other processes, and the light bulb moments that they that these functional leaders started seeing when they said, well, here are the incident categories, and we have five here, four here, three here, whatever it was, but then you have these potential multipliers behind that, and you have it stacked to say, here's where you think the problems are, but here's where the greatest amount of potential actually is, to say that if these, if one of these risks, one of these potential items would have been actualized, we would have a much different story on our hand, a much bigger problem on our hand, and therefore, this is where we need to focus our resources, our time, our money, our talents, our knowledge. We need to expand the body of knowledge here, as well as certainly putting through the paces everything that we have to do day to day. But when we really want to make the biggest possible impact, here's where we focus. And when the functional leaders got on board with that, when they saw that, the light bulb moments for them was just fantastic to watch. I said it was. I think it was eye opening to a lot of the managers uh, this concept of WCIP because they got they understood it. And, you know, normally they they always were were concerned about uh, about the injury. Now they're talking about okay, well, what could have it handled? Now, unfortunately, they were still being measured at the corporate level by the the injury rates. So I never was able to really get it fully implemented outside of our department. Um, the managers understood it and any, you know, they tended to kind of leave us alone when things happened based on the WCIP because they knew what I was talking about. Unfortunately, there was still a lot of pressure because the TRIR, total recordable injury rate, was still the the standard that corporate was using to measure because that's the standard that the world is using the measure. It's one of the problems with trying to implement anything new is if you're the first one doing it, just get ready (laughs) because if no one else is doing it, you got a long road ahead. So it it is hard. It's difficult to be that way, but because this is the right thing to do, I don't know. Do you remember what I did anyway? Is I, I just kept two metrics. I kept the metric that everybody wanted me to keep, the TRIR, and I kept the WCIP together. And I was able to do it, you know, with spreadsheets and everything. So it it was a little bit more work for me, but it was worth it because I did not want to give up. I didn't want to stop just because they weren't ready for it yet. And I'll tell you that uh, we start we started that in two thousand. I want to say thirteen, fourteen ish. I think was around the time that it was really pumping. And by the time I left, guess what? It was being talked about at higher levels. And it wasn't called WCIP, but it was risk in general. What's a better way of measuring um, risk besides TRIR? And I, I think that that conversations going on across the the world now too is I is people people understand that a lot of the folks listening now and I think agree with us that we needed a better measure. And this was something that uh, that I think really 
it, it really worked. It really helped. And if, for those of you that are wondering what were the results of what we did, I can tell you that it was a 50% reduction in injuries and almost a complete elimination of lost time injuries. I think we might have had one or two lost times later that um, were kind of people tripping. I, I remember one was somebody coming, falling down the stairs, but there was, they, you know, kind of tripped over their own feet when that happened. But it, it worked. It really worked. And now I'm, I'm trying to kind of build it up again. But the cool thing about this concept is you can actually apply the same technique to other things. And this is kind of where I, I kind of, you know, turn it back over to you, Jed, because you have done this. You have expanded this concept to where you are. And I'm very curious to, uh, to kind of hear you explain what you've done and how it's been working. Sure. So the, the first place that we started or that I started where I'm at now with the concept of potential is to explain that to the top management and, and basically walk them through what we just explained to you all, what Justin and I just did and what Justin explained to them to say, here is a better way of looking at risk because it can point out the focus areas where these traditional categories might be missing them. So once I had the leadership involved, then we take the next step at doing some regressional analysis very similar to what Justin did with the worst case incident potential. When we take a look at what we were doing, as far as the incidents go, we then started to find these potentiality trends, you know, a term that I will call out there. Having had that, that then started to tailor make our training initiatives outside of the normal regulatory items that we have to do, we start looking at using potential as the why things are there and and what we really need to focus on. So that allowed us to, like I said, tailor make these trainings to our field leadership to say, what is the highest degree of potential? What are the things on the work site that are going to cause the biggest amount of issues? Not that we don't want the small things to happen, sure, but what's really going to impact quality of life here? And then that led to a fundamental rework of looking at the tasks associated with the bid that we put together as a business. We started using this potentiality to go over all the tasks and that led to a change in work practice. It led to a change in work tasks. It led to a change in the thinking of how things have to do. Or it led to a change of the thinking on how the work must be completed. And that then led to this sustained reduction in incidents, sustained reduction in potentiality, obviously. And we were able to achieve year over year on average a 59% decrease in our claims values. Year over year over year over year. And it's now snowballing to where it is affecting other functions because that's the beautiful part about potential. We are talking about injuries tonight, but this can be used anywhere. This idea can be used anywhere. And it started doing it's it started happening at my current organization where now people are looking at potentiality on multiple functional levels. And so you have cropping up this idea that's really now being pressed through the greater organization to draw out our big issues. And it's just amazing to watch. It's amazing to be a part of. And guess what? We get to continually learn about things, things that maybe we didn't even see in the, in the past. 
Another area where potential really shines, at least what we have been able to see in my current workplace, is that it gets the worker involved in a new and different way and allows them to use their brains. It allows them to think about what is really a big deal and what is not. It puts so much uh, potential for buy-in and and constructive talk around what we need to do to improve our workplace that allows them to think about it, that allows them to put good ideas forth. And we're talking about something that they can digest in a way that does not take a lot of um, esoteric conversation. Folks, what's the potential here? What is really going to happen? We use it reactively as far as looking back, but we use it so much more profoundly when we talk about the proactive measures we take with finding out what is the worst case potential that's going to happen. That can be finance. That can be safety. That can be human resources. That can be so many different things from an operational standpoint. It encompasses all of our workers, and it's been fantastic to watch. And, and just watch it bloom, if you will. It's been, it's, just, it's been a lot of fun, and I can't stress it enough for you all to start thinking this way and pressing it out amongst the workers, amongst your leaders, and amongst yourselves as you're looking into the potential as far as what might occur and then being more of a relational thinker as far as I make a decision on this process and it has so much of a spiderweb connection that it really serves yourself. It really serves well to start thinking in matters of potentiality. So I think that, uh, I think that we've driven this point home and I hope that we've given the listeners some ideas, uh, you know, we would love to actually hear if you guys have had any experience close to this also, or if you have something that's similar. So please, please reach out to us. Um, you know, send us an email at, uh, at for the love of safety at gmail.com. That's the number four, the love of safety at gmail.com. And please, please let us know. So kind of recapping and going back to what we've talked about, we started out talking about you know, our definition of risk, which is basically some consequence versus some at times some probability that was out there. We focus specifically around injuries and why the metrics that, that we have today and the ones that are kind of the standard ones don't, don't do a very good job of defining the risk of what occurred, just what the consequence was of that individual and and how you know that varies greatly based on numerous factors. And we talked about potential. We talked about this concept of worst case injury potential that that we came up with, where you're you're you know looking at events and trying to subjectively, using professional judgment, figure out what's the worst thing that could have happened, so that you could better apply your resources. And then Jed went through some of the things that he's done too at his workplace and. Um, and and the results of of what he's seen there, and the way that that he's building this this great culture, um, and uh, and really taking potential and applying it across multiple assets of his business and and areas uh, to to look at risk. Um, Jed, is there is there anything that I missed there? Is uh, is there anything that you want to add? Just not to be scared. Go try this. If you simply start looking at it retroactively and applying it retroactively, you might turn some heads and you might even surprise yourself when you chart, here are all the consequences associated with an injury and just start with injuries and then go back 
figure out your own worst-case incident potential, and apply it to the situations from your investigation that occurred, and see, see if your potential actually tells a different story from the traditional or fundamental consequence structures that we typically always view the world in when it comes to incidents and specifically injuries, you might just be surprised. I think you will be, but I think you're going to love it because it's going to open up a whole new world of looking at this. And then next episode, or I should say in an episode coming soon, we hope to then take this idea of potential and looking into then human performance. That is the decisions behind why workers have decided to do the things that they do and what potential means for that. So that's going to be fun. Hope you look forward to that one coming up soon. That's going to be a great episode. And we thank you guys once again for for listening and the feedback that we've gotten so far. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, again, thanks for listening. We should probably have something that we say at the end. Maybe you'll have to come up with something. And there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to For the Love of Safety. You may always reach out to either Justin or Jed by email at fortheloveofsafety at gmail.com. That's the number four, theloveofsafety at gmail.com. Health and safety is fun. It's frustrating, but it is so rewarding. We'll see you again soon here at For the Love of Safety.